AM 630 The Word is proud to feature our Church of the Week. Our desire is that you will get to know the pastors and churches in our community and find a church you and your family can call home. Here's the host of our AM 630 The Word Church of the Week program, Director of Ministry Development, Marcus Burgos. Thank you and welcome once again to the Church of the Week program. My name is Marcus Burgos. I am your host and we're here in the studio, and I was thinking, one of, the, one of the books that has become my favorite book, it, was, it didn't start it, it didn't start as my favorite book, but the book of Joshua has really grown on me over the past couple of years. And uh, I love it. One reason I love it is because they actually entered. You know, I appreciate Moses. He was great. But Moden Cross, uh, Joshua did. And, and I appreciate that about him. And then at the very end of the book of Joshua, he kind of, uh, throws the gauntlet, if you will, and he says, you know what, if you want to serve other gods, whether the gods from where God brought you from or the gods of the land that you're in, that's fine. You know, you do what you do you, he kind of put it out there, if I could use today's vernacular. But then he says, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And I think as we are in still in the beginning of this year, February uh, we are we are still in a place where we have set our goals for the year, and perhaps we have already dropped them, already messed up, already dropped the ball. But let one thing not be negotiated, that one decision in your life would not be negotiable, and that you would decide, as Joshua decided, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. That means we're we're gonna we're gonna find a church and, and we're gonna serve there. We're gonna have prayer at home. We're gonna I'm gonna teach my children what it means to be a disciple. Uh, um, we're gonna stand out. We're not gonna look to just fit in and disappear into the background. We're gonna serve the Lord. We're gonna love people. We're gonna be generous. We're gonna stand for what's right, and we're gonna be we're gonna be okay with with people if when they when they don't want to. But those words from Joshua made me see Joshua in a new light and understand that this guy was such a leader, such a leader, even though he played second fiddle for such a long time, he was the number two guy for a long time. When it was his turn, when God opened the door for him and he stepped into that role, man, he really took it over and he, and he, and he, he was able to shine for what God had put in his heart. And at the very end of the day, he made a decision and he made a call that really it's all that we can do. I really can't tell you what to do. I could just say, as for me and my house, I'm going to serve the Lord. I'm going to give him all. I'm going to get up in the morning and I'm going to pray. I'm going to read my Bible. I'm, I'm going to decide to go to church. And these are all things that we have authority over. And so I want you to exercise your authority today and for the rest of the month and for the rest of the year and do what you can do to serve the Lord. And I'm going to, I think, I think you'll see what I, what I believe will happen. People will begin following people will begin following the leader and they'll see the leader in you and they won't come to church because you're making them. They'll come to church because they see you going to church. They won't serve the Lord because they're scared of you. They'll serve the Lord because they see you serving the Lord and they'll serve him because they'll see the blessing upon your life. And so be blessed today uh, and, and be the leader, be a Joshua and move into that area that God has promised you. And uh, we're, we're here in the, in the studio. I just wanted to drop that word and give you that, uh, that encouragement. You can, you can do more than what you think. I surely believe that, uh, especially when you, got, when you have God's help. And we're back in the studio today, 
And uh, I say this often, and I say that uh, I love the, the, the traveling evangelists. They're great. We watch them on TV. They're in arenas all over the world, and it's beautiful to see them. And then they finish, and they jump on a plane, and they're in their next city or next nation. Who knows where they're going next? But there's a special place in my heart, and I believe in the heart of God for the pastors, for the men and women that don't just drive off and into the sunset, and, and we don't never hear of them again. Uh, the men and women that minister to us, that we bump into them at the local supermarket, uh, that we call them when the fever doesn't break, and uh, and we we call them for the good things when we somebody's going to get married. We they they perform our ceremonies and and for the bad things when we have to lay someone to rest, we call them when there's tears, we call them, and when there's joy, we call them. And I thank God for the pastors. And today. I'm, I'm in the studio with uh, with a man of God, a man that I, I'm I'm just meeting today, and uh, I want to get to know him, and I want to introduce him to you, and he is the pastor of San Antonio Reformed Church, Pastor Andrew Moody. Pastor Moody, thank you so much for being here today. Yeah, thanks for having me, Marcus. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm glad I'm glad we we got you in the studio, and. Uh, I, like I said, I don't. I'm I'm getting to know you now, so I'm I'm pretty excited about about this interview. So I want to hear a little bit about you before we get to San Antonio Reformed Church and and all that that is, and we'll get there. But first, I want to talk about you. Tell me a little bit of your background. Where are you from? Are you a PK? Are you a San Antonian? Tell me a little bit about your history. Okay. Yeah, I grew up in San Antonio, one of the rare San Antonians that you'll meet today that uh, spent my whole life here. I grew up going to Grace Presbyterian Church out there on I-10. Uh, Dwayne Spencer was my first pastor. He was Grace Bible Church back in the day, and then Jack Peterson for over 20 years, and now Nathan Hornfeld is out there. And my parents were always very involved, and I was there every Sunday. Yeah. But uh, as I grew up, I became rebellious. I didn't want to go to church anymore. I didn't want to go to high school anymore. I dropped out and got into all kinds of trouble. And, you dropped uh, out of high school? I dropped out of high school, yes, uh -huh. and uh, and got kicked out of my house, got into drugs, got into problems. And so uh, one day, the Lord got a hold of me, mm -hmm. and I was walking down the street at 2 o'clock in the morning, and the lights came on. Really? I saw, I knew, I understood. And from that point on, it was a growth process. You saw the light. I saw the light. Yeah, just the, the wool was taken from over my eyes. I saw what I was doing, where I was going, and I just knew that it was time to change. And I believe that was the Holy Spirit uh, working in me, yeah. opening my eyes. And, of course, my life was a mess. My relationship with my parents was a mess. I had, you know, dropped out of high school. I wasn't doing anything good. And so... I began the process, by God's grace, of repairing my relationships, going back to school. Um, I went to the Academy of Creative Education here. It was one of the first charter schools in Texas, and they're still operating. And uh, I was actually able to graduate a year ahead of my class, even after dropping out for a year. So wait a minute. How old were you when you had that aha moment, that revelation moment? I was 16 years old. Wow, so you're you're exceptional. Fifteen, sixteen, you're, right in you're an age. exceptional person. Mm -hmm. You're ahead of your time. You you're gonna do some stuff, and you did it early. Mm -hmm. Yes, I got all that out of the way before <laughs> before college <laughs> and young adulthood. Um, and God's timing was perfect on that, as it always is. Um, I met my wife soon after because if she would have known me back then, she mm -hmm. would have had nothing to do with me. And so we met, and the Lord uh, brought us together, and we were married 11 months from when we met. 
So we were, uh, right after we turned 18 years old, my dad is uh, uh, retired, a colonel in the Army, and he was deploying for Desert Storm, and we got married the day before he left, because back then we didn't know what was going to happen. Exactly. So so he could be part of it. Exactly. So he was there in the wedding, and, and uh, we rejoice in that. Everyone said it wouldn't last, but here we are. You know, it's been over 25 years now, and God's continuing to bless us and grow us together in so Him. I, I want you to unpack that a little bit, mm-hmm. because that's... That's uh, so interesting. We don't hear too many of those type of of, uh, testimonies. Mm -hmm. 2 a.m., you're about 15 or 16. So when you see a teenager walking the street at 2 a.m., it's not up to any good usually. No good at all. So. Mm But but unpack that for me. The, the light came on. You, mm-hmm. you just felt something in your heart. How, how was that? Yeah, it, it was, um, I don't know, you could describe it different ways, but uh, maybe not as dramatic as, um, as, as Paul's encounter with the risen Lord on the road to Damascus, but it was uh, just as transformative. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I had been out up to no good. I don't remember exactly what we were doing that night, but I'd gotten into the habit of waiting till my parents went to bed sneaking out of the house and making sure I was back in by 4.30 when my dad's alarm would go off. And so I would do that pretty much every night. I'd be out getting into trouble, whether it was drugs or just being mischievous with friends. But I was walking home um, after a night of being out with my friends, and it just hit me. My eyes were opened. I, I saw, I understood, I believed. I had been raised in the church. I had gone to Sunday school. I had um, learned all of these things. But they were in my head, mm-hmm. and I knew them. I could recite them. I could talk about them, but it wasn't real for me up until that point in my life. And so the Lord used all of that, uh, the way my parents had brought me up, all of the Sunday school teachers I'd had, my pastors, everything they had poured into me, all of a sudden it was just there, and it was pouring into my heart. And so it became real, and I knew that you know, it was just, you know, it's the picture of, of you're going down one path and repentance is 180 degrees. You're, yeah. just, you're just turning around and you're going the other way. So no longer was I living for myself. All of a sudden I said, I need, I need to serve the Lord. Yeah. I need to walk in that path. I didn't know how to do that. I didn't know how to clean up my life, which was a complete mess. I didn't know if my parents would ever want to have anything to do with me after everything I'd put them through. But I knew what I had to do. I had to serve the Lord and had to figure it out. And so um, the Lord began to to bless me, opened doors for me, opened up the opportunity to graduate high school, opened up opportunities to rebuild trust with my parents, to work hard. I got a job, started taking care of myself, and it was a process. I was a mess. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't – sanctification. Some people say, well, you're converted, and and boom, you know, you should be, you know, just completely – uh, better, you know, my vocabulary. Walking on water. Exactly. My vocabulary was my vocabulary. I had to work yeah. on, on, on not saying vulgar words. I had to work on taking every thought captive and, mm-hmm. and, and, and staying in the path that follows Jesus. And that's a process. And so the, the blessing is that God finds us wherever we are, yeah. no matter how low we are, no matter how bad off we are. Um, and then he, and then he works with us and he grows us and he blesses us just like a, you know, if you come across a, a little a little plant that's on the verge of death, and you begin to slowly water and feed and grow and tend, and it'll it'll perk up a little at a time, and then it'll grow and thrive. And God does the same with us, and each in our own time. Yeah. But He did it with me. And if you talk to people that knew me back then, um, they when I when I bump into people at the grocery store, they have no 
you know, frame of reference for me being a pastor <laughs> or me living a Christian life because it's completely different than the life I lived before. So there's there's a bunch that you have said there that I think uh, is is so helpful uh, because one of them one of them is 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 to is the hope and not giving up mm-hmm. on someone because you were you, mm-hmm. you admitted yourself you were you were lost you were mm-hmm. out there and you were up to no good and you had figured out a way to get out and get in and still have shelter you know and you were working the system that you were living in mm-hmm. but God found you and then you talk about how it was a process you know and God is working on you but sometimes that process we the other people on the outside have to have the patience to see you know to see you go through this stuff and and would you today just take a moment maybe talk to a, either a parent or maybe even that young person that's going through it and and how would you encourage them today yes waiting upon the lord it can be very difficult and the the process that you go through is going to be different for everybody and depending on what sins they're struggling with where their mindset is um, some people struggle with very serious life dominating besetting sins addictions and um it can try our patience time and time again as they go back to it, as they go back to it. However, God never gives up on us, and we ought not to give up on anybody. We don't know when the Lord uh, may work in somebody's heart. And so as long as they have breath in their lungs, we continue to pray for them. We continue to um, do everything we can to point them to Jesus, to show them the love of Christ, the same grace that he has shown us, because we don't deserve it. They don't deserve it either, but we don't deserve it. Mm-hmm. And so we're called uh, to forgive others as Christ has forgiven us, to be patient with others, uh, even 70 times 7. Of course, that doesn't actually put a limit on it, but, yeah. um, you know, it's, it's more than that. And uh, it, it's, it's difficult. It can be difficult when you're in that position too, when you're struggling with a life-dominating sin. There's people out there today who are struggling with alcoholism or drug addiction or pornography addiction, which is a huge one today. And they are kept in their sin by their shame. Mm -hmm. And they're afraid to talk to anyone about it. They're ashamed of where they are. They know it's not right, but they're afraid to reach out for help. And what they need to hear is that the body of Christ is here to walk through that with you, to help you, to encourage you. God is not uh, waiting to beat you down because of your sin. If he's going to punish us for our sin, there's only one fit punishment, and that's death, eternal death, the Bible says. And and so unless he's going to send us to hell, he loves us. Yeah. He is our father. He always rejoices when we repent and turn to him. He loves us no matter whether we're high or we're low. It's not based on our works. It's based on his love, on his love. and on Christ's finished complete work. So he looks at us in that way, and he's promised that the good work that he's begun in us mm-hmm. – as individuals, as the church, he will bring it to completion. And his plans for us are good. So, you know, we, we need to continue to look to him, mm-hmm. to find hope, to to be in his word, to be with his people, to press into other people, because our isolation locks us into our sin. That's right. And and I like what you said. It, we're talking about the gift of God and the love of God. And and if there was no love, then why would he send his son? Mm-hmm. And and the gift of God is, is eternal life, and it's just for yeah. us to, to receive it, you know, which could be the hardest thing because of what you're saying. We lock ourselves in shame, in guilt, and then we can't reach out, not even to God, mm-hmm. not even to a loving God that doesn't, that doesn't judge us, mm-hmm. 
but receives us yes and made a way for us and and i think i think it's great i, I don't i i've always i always say there's no reason for anyone to go to hell mm-hmm. no reason for anyone to go to hell because the door's there and it's open for you mm-hmm. you know and you mentioned repent yes 180s you know 180 degree turn and you turn and you walk to god oh but church people are hypocrites you know that's kind of like that's kind of like uh, talking bad about a hospital because it's full of sick people. Yes. You know, who, that's why I go to church because I need I need him. You know, and I'm not I'm not perfect in all my ways, far mm-hmm. from it. And so that's why Sunday morning I'm at church. Open the door <laughs> coming right. in, you know, because I I need him. And so let's let's transition a little bit. That's a, that's a great mm-hmm. testimony. That's an encouraging testimony. And and from that Young man in trouble, mm-hmm. headed to no good. Today you're pastoring. Mm-hmm. You're pastoring a church. Tell me, tell me a little. Give me a little intro on the church. Okay, so the um, the church started back in 2010. I had been pastoring in Amarillo, and uh, with the economy the way it was, I was on a multi-staff church there, and they couldn't keep everybody. And so we came. Uh, we came back home, and I planted a church first in northwest Houston. I commuted from San Antonio to Houston and started wow. a church there, which is doing well. But at the same time, we started a Bible study here, and it began to grow. So I was doing both. And then um, as time grew on, we said, we, we want to stay. We want to stay here. And so we found a pastor to move to Houston and take on that work. And then we began in a, in a home with just a few families mm-hmm. and grew a little bit at a time. And now the Lord has... Uh, continued to bless us, encourage us, establish us, um, and we're now uh, healthier than we've been. Yeah. And so um, he's growing us in grace. He's using us to bring the good news of Jesus to people who need to hear it, uh, and he's continuing to grow each of us in grace. Because, you know, like we talked about earlier, we may look at somebody who's a mess and think, well, they really need God's grace. Hmm. Hmm. The reality is I need it uh, just as much, if not more, today. God is not finished with me, and I am not perfect. And so, um, the the you know one of the important attributes that that Christ calls us to live in as His people is humility. Yeah, being humble, being and His grace humbles us because we realize we don't deserve it, and we need it. And so, a church family ought to be a place where you can go as a community to experience uh, that love, that encouragement, that support, also the accountability that we need, and to grow together in the grace and knowledge of Jesus. That's, you know, through Bible study, through yeah. praying together, um, you know, having uh, uh, works of mercy together. People are in need. The car breaks down. And they, they're in the hospital and they need meals or whatever's going on. Um, the, the shut-in that needs someone to come visit them and encourage them and, and take care of them. The church is called to, to step up in one another's lives, to be the hands and feet of Jesus to one another. And, you know, that. There are many, many, many churches, which is a, a blessing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, th- there's, there's a need for more churches. Right. Because there are people out there in communities that haven't been reached. And every time a church is planted, they're going out and reaching people that haven't been reached by existing churches that are around there. And so we have a heart for church planting. Uh, we don't want to become the biggest church in town. That's never been our desire. But our desire is to continue to see more churches planted as yeah. the Lord provides that. Because it's a big city. Yeah. And we're still growing. And there's people here that need the gospel just as much as there's people in remote African villages or in remote areas of China or in North Korea. And we send missionaries there, too. Yeah. But we are God's missionaries here in San Antonio. We should have that missional heart. 
Mm-hmm. Because I, I like what you said uh, that some uh, an obvious what we look at and see. Oh, that's a sinner. We don't even need to know that person, and we say, "Oh, that's a sinner. He needs. She needs." But I need to. Mm-hmm. And I and I always say the easiest person to preach to and to evangelize and to share is someone that obviously needs. But I need him too. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we we get the outward appearance kind of kind of right you know we get our hair did and we, we get all dressed up for sunday and we look you know we got a job now you know everything's paying a mortgage and and we're looking we're looking good you know but our heart needs forgiveness mm-hmm. our heart needs healing and we still need that grace and that love mm-hmm. and uh that's that's part of the journey that's part of what we we need to do part of of who we are and uh you're listening to am 630 the word this is the church of the week program and today i'm in the studio with uh, Pastor Andrew Moody, you are the pastor of San Antonio Reformed Church. Where where is the church at? We're uh, near Broadway and four ten uh, eighty seven fifty Tesoro. It's back kind of an industrial area, but it's a we worship in a building that's owned by the school district, but isn't a school. So we have wide open spaces and nice facility to use, which is a great blessing. But it's kind of across from where Magic Time Machine would be on uh, Loop four ten ah, okay. and uh, just east of the airport. Excellent, excellent. So you're in a, you're in a good high traffic area, mm-hmm. and not too far from the studio where yes. we're located. Uh, so, what time are your services? How can we go? Tell me a little bit about church. Certainly, yeah. We we uh, the the focus of our of our life together as the church uh, is worship on the Lord's Day. So our worship service is at eleven, and it usually lasts an hour, an hour to fifteen minutes, and then we have a fellowship meal every Sunday after the service. So anyone who's a guest. Uh, is always invited to stay and enjoy a meal with us. It's a way for us to spend time together. Uh, Sundays can be busy. People are coming and going, and you see someone for five minutes, and you try to catch up, but there's not a lot of time to do that before and after the service. So we have this meal primarily, yes, we have great food, but primarily to spend time together to build our relationships, and we encourage people to be doing that in other settings as well. We have uh, Sunday school classes that meet beforehand starting around 945 for all ages, and uh, that's always a time of great study and fellowship and discussion. And then we have other activities that will be taking place during the week off and on. So we have a women's Bible study that meets, and we have a, a men's fellowship as well that meets together for discipleship. And sometimes uh, the men will meet together to do work projects. We'll work on a church member's car together mm-hmm. and fix things when they can't afford their repairs, things like that. So we, we're always looking for times to spend time together, pray together, bear one another's burdens. We also have impromptu parties. People will invite the church over uh, to, to fellowship. We, we love having the church over to our house as well for different gatherings, and we enjoy spending time together. Uh, however, we're also careful about trying to dominate everyone's lives right? because people's lives are busy. And so we really encourage everyone to come to worship. Everything else uh, is provided. Uh, if people are able to come, then that's great. If their life is too busy or they're sick or they've got too much going on, well, they're not looked down upon because they aren't able to make this Bible study or this event. We understand that Everyone's situation is different. And so it's an atmosphere where people really enjoy seeing each other, where people love coming to worship. Mm-hmm. And that's a, that's a wonderful thing because that's not something that you can build. That's something that has to be the work of the Holy Spirit. Right. We can have a building. We can call people together. But you can't create that kind of community on your own. Right. Why don't you invite us to church on Sunday? Oh, I'd love to see you. Every time someone walks in the door, it makes my heart glad. 
Um, I rejoice to worship the Lord. I rejoice to preach his word, but I also rejoice to be with his people. It's, it's a time of refreshment for me as well. And so I hope that you will come. Um, we have all different kinds of people from all different kinds of background. We've got people that have been to seminary and people that don't know the names of the books of the Bible. It's everything in between. And so when I'm preaching, um, I explain all of the terms that are in the Bible. I try to make sure everyone's on the same page. We love to have uh, children of all ages in the service. We do have a nursery for, for I think it's you know infants to three years old. But I do address the children in the sermon. We don't split them off separately, but I will ask them questions, and I will talk with them during the sermon to keep them engaged and to explain to them the sermon, the the scripture passage that we're walking through. I preach uh, expositorily, which means I begin uh, in the— you know, chapter one, verse one in the book of in a book of the Bible, and then I go all the way through the end, just verse right, by verse, right in a row, verse by verse. And so, uh, it it helps me to stay from hobby horses. We we have a number of people in the church with disabilities. We've got children with disabilities, and so we are very sensitive to people that have disabilities. So if you've struggled uh, going to church because of a disability, then we're happy to have you and accommodate you. Um, everything in the building is ADA compliant, so wheelchairs and all of that aren't a problem, and in the restrooms as well. And so we we know that there are a lot of great churches in town, and we pray for a lot of churches mm-hmm. in town every Sunday uh, because we are all one. We're all on the same team. We're all following Jesus together. But if you're looking for a place uh, uh, to come into worship, to grow as a disciple of Jesus, then we'd love to have you come with us this Sunday and worship God. At 11? At 11 o'clock. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Moody, uh, for being here with us. And uh, San Antonio, get to church this Sunday. God bless you. Thank you for joining us today as we featured our AM630 The Word Church of the Week. We hope that during this past half hour, you got a chance to know the pastor and learn something about their church. We encourage you to get involved in your local community church. If you'd like to nominate your pastor to be featured on an upcoming Church of the Week program, submit your nominations at am630theword.com.